Hello and welcome back to the Church Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, and this is Series 2, Episode 82. I uh, hope you're enjoying your Sabbath day today, the second Sunday where we are in our homes. And Happy Mother's Day, of course, to all those who are mothers or to those that are celebrating their mothers. Uh, obviously, it is a very difficult time in which to do so, but uh, I'm hoping you're doing something to uh, make today a little bit more special for those who whom we call mother. Um I am going to continue now into our Come Follow Me study, uh, which covers March 16th to March the 22nd, Jacob chapter 5 to 7, um, which we're looking now in Jacob 7 today. I can stand strong when others challenge my faith. We are looking now at the um, account of Jacob in terms of his uh, confrontation with Sherem. And uh, there is a lot to cover here, and there's a lot I want to try and do. So this will probably be over 10 minutes, this, uh, but there's quite a lot to, to kind of think about. To begin with, I want to look at what is interesting with the way that Jacob places the allegory of the olive tree um, and then what he says before the allegory and then how he shares this experience with Sharon. There's a clear theme that Jacob wants us to understand. Um, in Jacob chapter 4, verse 18, just backtracking a bit, just before chapter 5, he says, Behold, my beloved brethren, I will unfold this mystery unto you if I do not by any means get shaken from my firmness in the spirit and stumble because of my anxiety for you. Now, what's interesting is that previously to modern day chapter breaks, this um verse was put right before the allegory was shared by Jacob and was actually part of the same sermon or discussion. So clearly here, he's got this image in his mind of wanting to get across the need to become unshaken, the need to not be able to have his faith shaken. He then goes directly into the allegory of the olive tree, which is obviously about trees and growing and grafting and planting and pruning and developing what is often referred to as a seed of faith um, in this allegory. And then it's interesting that in Jacob chapter 7, uh, verse 5, he says, And he had hoped to shake me from the faith, speaking of Sherem, notwithstanding the many revelations and the many things which I had seen concerning these things. So it's obvious It's obvious that Jacob is trying to teach us a, a kind of subliminal, subliminal message here about not becoming shaken, having our faith become unshaken through the uh, comments he said before the allegory of the olive tree, in teaching the allegory of the olive tree, and then sharing this experience of Sherem. Let's not forget that in the verse before chapter seven, he bids us farewell. <laughs> and then we, we then we suddenly have a verse at chapter seven attached on the end. So Jacob obviously felt that this experience with Sherem was important in further illustrating the need to have our faith become unshaken a very important lesson that we need to learn from that and actually if you go to the church of jesus christ study session uh, with come follow me uh, facebook group there is a great article that's been shared by 500 words latter-day parables um, who follow and are a part of this group uh, and there is a great um article about not allowing our faith to come to become shaken and how we can do that and the need for that so yeah i'd really recommend that reading that so let's go properly into this uh, experience then so we start in jacob in jacob chapter 7 verse 3 where it says and he labored diligently that he might might lead away the hearts of the people insomuch that he did lead away many hearts and he knowing that i jacob had faith in christ who should come he saw much opportunity that he might come unto me so it's interesting here that um 
Sherem um, has this great following and he's seeking out Jacob. Hugh Nibley said this, quote, Early in Nephite history, an ambitious intellectual by the name of Sherem, who was a master of smooth talk and rhetorical tricks and made a good, great show of being a, a good and devout church member, set himself the task of outshining all others as a great mind. The interesting thing about Sherem is his convincing performance as a devout and active churchman who is not attacking the gospel but defending it. No wonder he got a large following, close quote. And I think that this is an important point to make, that um, Sherem is seeing himself as a defender of the truth, which is very different to when you look at the further examples of those who contend against uh, the prophet at the time, such as Nehor and Korihor. In Sherem's case, he is actually, what, in his words, defending what is the truth. He's saying that Jacob is the one that is trying to pull down things that should be taught and is and he is the one that is being blasphemous in that in that sense. In fact, if we go to verse seven, uh, sorry, verse six, uh, it says, and it came to pass that he came unto me and on this wise did he speak unto me, saying, brother Jacob, I have sought much opportunity that I might speak unto you, for I have heard and also know that thou goest about much preaching that which ye call the gospel or the doctrine of Christ. Um, so clearly, Sherem is setting himself up here as an individual that is trying to defend the faith of the Nephites that they have brought over from Jerusalem, um, which, of course, um, then is very dangerous because then an, a kind of external person that doesn't yet have a faith in Christ will listen to that and kind of think, well, yeah, actually, you know, he's shaking the boat here. He's teaching things that we've not been taught for, you know, for, for generations you know, he's, he's breaking up or he's, he's changing what we've been saying for generations. But of course, we know that the, the law of the gospel, that the Savior's gospel is there to um, <clears throat> enable the law to work. And obviously, Sherem is teaching the law of Moses. He is, in, in effect, um, the Pharisees to, to, Jacob's, to Jacob's Christ. Uh, in Jacob chapter 7, verse 12, um, Jacob obviously then has to begin to defend his point of view and to testify of what he has learned. Um, and he teaches three sources of truth, which he has learned these things from. In verse 12, he says, and this is not all. It has been made manifest unto me, for I have heard and seen, and it is also has been made manifest unto me by the power of the Holy Ghost. Wherefore, I know there should be no atonement made, or if there should be no atonement made, all mankind must be lost. And previously, he spoke about prophets and he spoke about scriptures. Um, Sheldon F. Child uh, said this, quote, Jacob points out three sources of truth, the scriptures, the prophets and the Holy Ghost that testify of Christ. They will help us build upon the rock of our Redeemer, who is Christ, the Son of God, close quote. And I think it's important uh, to kind of draw an, a parallel with that. So when a school is inspected uh, in the UK here, there are kind of three things that are looked at to triangulate uh, what is said about the school, the judgment that is made. There is the, the the external data, you know, that shows how much progress children make. There is the look at the work within the school. So looking at books and things like that and action plans and, you know, documents and, uh, you know, written examples. And then there is the observation of what goes on in the school at that time as well. And all these things triangulate a judgment or a result. And it's the same thing that through the scriptures, we have a good witness, but then with the living prophets, we have an even stronger witness. And then with the power of the Holy Ghost teaching us and testifying to us that our witness as well, then our faith can start to become unshaken as we draw upon all three, but we must draw upon all three. We can't simply listen to the word to general conference but not 
read the scriptures regularly uh, in our day-to-day -day lives. Similarly, we can't uh, you know, read the scriptures in our day-to-day -day lives and ignore the words of living prophets. And of course, without um, the, the power of the Holy Ghost in our life, then you know, that will be, you know, lost to us. Um, that witness will be lost to us as well. Um, in, in verse 13, I mean, we're up to eight minutes already and we're only halfway through what I wanted to share, but I'll keep pressing forward. Uh, I might have to save some of this for Monday. Um, in Jacob chapter seven, verse 13, um, Sherem asks for a sign. So what is interesting with this is that um, he asks for this sign by the power of the Holy Ghost in which Jacob knows so much. Um, and, you know, when we look, we can look at Elder Bruce R. McConkie's words about signs and the purpose of them. He says, quote, signs flow from faith. They may incidentally have the effect of strengthening the faith of those who are already spiritually inclined, but their chief purpose is not to convert people to the truth, but to reward and bless those already covered. Signs are sacred grants of divine favor reserved for the faithful and concerning which the recipients are commanded not to boast, close quote. So this is what Jacob says here about how, you know, it's important to not tempt God, but he felt prompted to to give this sign. Uh, and of course, we know that um, the sign has a huge impact. Now, because we are coming up to the 10 minute mark, and I do want to keep these, you know, bite size episodes daily, we are going to stop there. But uh, there's a few more things about Jacob, uh, about Sherem, actually, uh, that I want to share about. Um, if you are interested, I'm going to share a um, a chart showing the di the key differences between and the similarities between Sherem, Nihor, and Karihor. And when you look at these three individuals, there are some very interesting differences. And I think that in the case of Sherem, as I mentioned before, he is quite unique in the fact that his stance is that he is defending something which he believes uh, is the truth. Now, obviously, we'll find out later on how he comes to uh, learn that this was not the case, and he was falsely accusing Jacob, and why, and why you know, did uh, Sherem have to have to die? Um, but we'll cover all that in our next episode. So thank you very much for listening. I appreciate uh, the time that you take to listen to this and my thoughts, and I'm grateful that they are of help to some people. Please uh, follow us at Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me on, on the Facebook group. Um, there is some people sharing their thoughts and ideas about what they've been studying, and it's great uh, to be able to uh, share in those things. So I, I would recommend that. Uh, and also you can email ldsstudysession at gmail.com if, if you have any feedback or thoughts on what you've been studying as well. Thank you for listening, and until we meet again.